Welcome to episode 106, realm nine of our series, This Part, Intimacy and MS. Today we are joined by two amazing women, Sade Ferrier and Kiana Renee. Sade Ferrier is passionate about spiritually infused intimacy that brings joy instead of shame. Her audio courses and workshops encourage couples to develop an expanded understanding of sexual intimacy and relationships. Sade also practices as an associate marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia, with a special focus in sex therapy. Kiana Renee is a boudoir photographer, life and body coach, and she's also a fellow MSer. The following content is intended for a mature audience only. Please be advised that the podcast is meant for entertainment purposes. We do not endorse or promote products. The Myelin and Melanin podcast discusses the life experiences of the hosts and their guests. Each guest that appears consents to sharing their personal story and experience. If you have questions regarding your sexual health, please consult your medical team. Also, the Myelin and Melanin podcast is not a substitute for therapy. We are not providing medical, psychological, or religious advice whatsoever. Should you become pregnant, it's not our fault. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We are two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're a fan of the podcast, please consider supporting us through our Patreon. Patrons gain exclusive access to bonus content, giveaways, myelin and melanin merchandise and more our patreon can be found at patreon.com forward slash myelin melanin we also want to give a special thanks to our music producer shah severe for providing our podcast music over the past three seasons Hi, everyone. Um, Welcome, Kiana and Shade. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having us. It's going to be fun. Yes. Yes. Okay, so before we get started, Shade, would you mind telling us and our listeners a little bit about who you are and the work that you do? Yeah, so I'm Shade. I'm an associate marriage and family therapist um, I'm in Georgia, the Atlanta area, and I mostly focus on sex therapy, women's sexual concerns, um, but I also do intimacy coaching. So that's a little bit different in the sense that it's for that um, push forward, maybe you've gotten uh-huh. a lot of your relationship, you've done the hard work, and now it's just about getting to that next level. Gotcha. Thank you. And Kiana, um, welcome back uh, to the series and to the show. Would you mind refreshing everybody about who you are and the work that you do? Yeah, for sure. So I'm based out of Kansas City, Missouri. I am a portrait and boudoir photographer, but I'm also a mind and body coach. 
So my goal with that is always just to help women rewrite their stories around their body, um, the way about they feel themselves so they can liberate themselves through creative um, transformations. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is going to be a great conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. So like we said, welcome back to our series. It is just um, amazing that we have come this far in the intimacy world and intimacy mm. conversation. And honestly, I think Dana and I both feel it's a simple word and you all can chime in if you want, but it's a simple word with a wide range of emotions and connections attached to it. Yes. That's, that's really the bottom line, I think, with intimacy. So that brings us to a question. Is there a language to this thing that we call intimacy? But really, kind of before we get started, and uh, we wanted to just talk about your um, Radiant course, Sade, we complete, Dana and I completed your Communication 101 Sexual Intimacy course, the yes. language of yes. lovemaking. Yeah, it was so good. Lesson two, and it really spoke to us. Um, yes. So in, in, in your slides, you say language reflects the mindset and the way you speak confirms your mindset. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so we wanted you to speak about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, so what I notice, um, and I guess this is a little bit of my therapist mind, but more in general, mm. you hear people telling their narrative, telling their story about their, their intimate life. And there's so much power held in the words that they'll use. Little things that they might notice, they might have words that paint a picture of being trapped um, they might say things like, just get through it. They might say things like, or they might not use words that describe any kind of enjoyment at all. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at your words, it's more of seeing the fruit of what's going on in your mind. That is so important for you to know and understand. Because if your mind is built on a foundation of fear or shame or anxiety, everything's going to follow that. You kind of have to get to the core in order to shift the language and shift the actions. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. I love that so much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think about that, Kiana? Um, it, she's 100% correct. And like, I'm sure you guys saw me nodding my head and like smiling uh. <laughs> and it's not because I enjoy that women have this language or these mindsets but because I know it's so true because they show up when I photograph women when they take off their clothes when they put on lingerie the self-deprecating talk them feeling like they can't get away from their past mm. um, whether it be what was put on them by religion or their parents or whatever they don't know that they can rewrite their story and that's exactly what I help them do and mm -hmm. I'm going to take this course now Sade <laughs> yes it's <laughs> so good yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah yeah I, I you said that too though because I, I used to work at David's bridal <laughs> a while ago was a bridal stylist and it was so kind of heartbreaking if I can not to be dramatic uh, but it was heartbreaking right. to uh. hear these ladies put on these dresses and the first thing they go to is picking themselves apart. Mm -hmm. I can't wear this because this mm -hmm. or my belly or my arms are like, Oh no. And mm -hmm. you can't even just go straight to, Oh, don't say that. It's like, this is coming from a mindset it's so much deeper. Yes, absolutely. I yes. can. Yeah. I understand. I, I mean, I've been there. I've had those moments where I'm like, Oh, I don't like this. I, because I'm not 
a large um, or a well-endowed person in either the breast or the rear end. And so end. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I always tease on about that. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I can, I can relate to what you're saying Yeah. because it's something that I have maybe recently gotten over within the past. Well, no, I'm not even over it. I still do that. I still have this mindset of this is not enough. This body is not enough. So I'm mm -hmm. still, I'm working through it, but yeah, that's all you can do. Yeah. Move forward mm -hmm. yeah. and do I the work that comes even with an extra layer for black women for, mm, for yeah. all cultures. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> mm, like, right. I don't know what y'all's experience has been with that, but it's definitely a, this is what a black woman looks like. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is how she moves her body. This is how she is in her body and her sensuality. And if you are yeah. not that, then you're not it. Mm. Right. And preach, yeah. Girl, preach. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. In terms of, of, of intimacy because you start to think well I can't twerk I can't move my hips this way especially <laughs> me having MS I'm not going to be doing these tricks in the bedroom as and you're right yeah. there is this sort of idea of what black women should look like and how we should perform mm -hmm. all of that yeah it plays a huge role in how we look at ourselves and how we relate to a partner or partners in an intimate moment absolutely yes don't don't even get me started on the way that narrative is perpetuated in the media and mm. in entertainment and that's all we're really fed you know because that's there's certain people that control that narrative so they're thinking like oh this is what black people want to see and from a young mm -hmm. age that's all we know to be black and to be a black woman and then you stick some religion on top of that you stick you know like some very outdated ideas of just like womanhood and then it's just like this compact thing mm. that takes a while to chip through but yes 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 to all yes. of that oh my god yes yeah wow yeah so with that said and it's kind of changing the conversation a little bit but not really so today we wanted to bring up a book that some may be familiar with so it's a book by dr gary chapman wrote it back um, in the early 90s but he, it's called The Five Love Languages. And he discusses five, what he consi considers to be like primary and secondary love languages. And I think you can like, well, we can talk about it later. It, it, because it's not about necessarily like love, I am in love with you. But I think it's these languages relate to the ability to connect with yeah. a partner or partners but the five love languages that he talks about in the book so the languages are words of affirmation quality time physical touch acts of service and gifts well we're only gonna focus on a, a couple in this conversation yeah. or a few of them yeah yeah and in his book he says love languages describe how you feel and love and i mm -hmm. think that's pretty much an easy explanation of it i mean yeah, like, how do you feel about it? How do you love? How do right. you connect, like Dana just said? Mm -hmm. And according to Chapman, he says that understanding your love language can help you in all sorts of, quote, or not quote, but I put in parentheses, intimate relationships and eliminate a lot of miscommunication. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, I mean, it really does. And that's kind of like what we were, what Dana was just saying. We're going to talk about, well, three. We're going to talk about three and how it relates to mm -hmm. the language of intimacy. Mm -hmm. um so 
like, yeah, we want to know what you guys think. But Dana can go ahead and read some of these three. Yeah. So the first language, love language that we're going to focus on, so words of affirmation. So people who have words of affirmation as their primary love language, they value verbal acknowledgement as their preferred, excuse me, method of affection. Acts of service would be that person's love language, might be anyone who enjoys acts of service as the type is the type of person who feels loved and appreciated when their partner goes out of their way to make their life easier. And then physical touch is when physical signs of affection are prioritized and physical intimacy is a powerful emotional connection for the individuals receiving and giving. But thinking about these three love languages, Kiana and Shade, anyone can jump in. What would you say your primary love language is? touch for me for sure touch touch Touch. I am words of affirmation Mm. okay so why Sade like what what about the words of like what how does that like do it for you yeah and I think um I guess this is something we could talk about a little bit more in a second Mm -hmm. um when the love languages are attached to your attachment styles it Mm -hmm. it's a whole nother dimension but for me, I need to kind of hear it <laughs> and mm. then hear it again. Um, just what you're thinking, what you're feeling, because, and push back on this if you guys don't agree, but I think mm. especially when men are not always taught how to express affection, mm. um, at least for me in my journey, mm-hmm. physical touch has been one where I often confuse with like objectification. Mm, that's interesting very yeah I've been in therapy for it don't worry but (laughs) no that's really interesting yeah so whenever the physical touch comes in you know it's absolutely nice but it's also this moment of okay well is this just because you want my body right okay yeah or when I hear words of affirmation like I'm proud of you or I really care about you I really like spending time with you then it clicks a little bit more for me ah Mm -hmm. thank you for that yeah. Kiana, your thoughts. So physical touch is your thing. So why, yeah. yeah. How, why does that do just it? Like, why is that the thing that does it for you? Well, so I will say at one point in time, I think physical touch and words of affirmation were neck and neck, mm-hmm. but for the most part, the reason why I say physical touch is because if I physically go without um, someone standing next to me that I care about, love, mm-hmm. trust, holding my hand or even just sitting with me on the couch, I start Mm. to um, suffer mentally and Mm, sometimes mm -hmm. physically. So that's how I know that is my top one for sure, even if on the test it runs neck and neck. So um, I love what Sade can point it on like how she differentiates like the way she perceives physical touch. So for me, nobody can even get to me physically if they haven't given me those words of affirmation, uh, if, we don't ha- if we don't have that verbal trust already. Yeah, so by the time uh-huh. they actually are in my presence, I'm like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I need you to rub my back when you're walking past me. I need you to just look at me across the room. Even if you're just here and we're not talking at all, you're just sitting mm-hmm. with me. Like that to me is part of my love language of, of having somebody physically near me. But um but yeah like it's when I realized that about myself it it pretty much changed my world because I didn't know that I was like that before but then Uh I started looking back in my past I'm like that's why I felt so fucking deprived Mm -hmm. (laughs) in those Mm -hmm. relationships or even in like family relationships like 
you know, certain people didn't hug me that much. And that's why I just don't feel close to them. Like, I need you to touch me. It, it's yeah. like, it, it, you know, at, at all time. Well, I, I don't want to, some people call it thirsty, but it just is the way that I am all the time. Yeah, not, you need to be right. touching me all the time. Just even just little things, little touches, little like um, acknowledgements physically right. change my world. And you know, it's, yeah, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dana. No, I was gonna say, that's the thing. Like just even like, it makes all it like sh- totally shifts the energy and it w- not it doesn't even have to be like a sexually intimate relationship if you walk past and just like exactly. how are you doing and like touch my shoulder yeah like squeeze it yeah. you know just little things like that like yes touch is powerful yeah there was i would even go to say that like even when i'm not in relationships i have very close um female and male friends mm-hmm. that like if i need to i'm like hey i'm having a difficult day it's been this amount of time since i've had like time to just spend with somebody physically can I come and sometimes I'll literally just wrap my body around them they'll be right. sitting on the couch I'll be behind them looking like a little like koala bear or something just sitting there watching tv with them so right. like I've communicated and let let that be known and my friends know me well especially my guy friends they know it's not sexual they know ain't right. about to pop off afterwards you know like <laughs> they, respect, they, they respect me enough to know that hey like this is just genuinely what she needs Right. And they're happy to oblige. So yeah, so it doesn't have to be sexual at all. It doesn't right. have to be just with somebody that you're dating. It could be with mm-hmm. friends and family as well. Yes. There's a few things here that have come up for me. I think for one, past trauma and, and your childhood experiences play a huge role in what is your dominant love language and what is your least dominant love language. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it used to be quality time as the dominant one but it's not it's kind of slipped down to like number two or three Mm. and I have a reason for that and that that comes from childhood like not because nobody like was spending time with me but I always felt like I'm working I I don't have time I don't have time right now and I make a note of that with my son like making sure that I don't repeat the same kind of pattern or something but I, I knew that like maybe I don't know, 10 years ago when I started reading this book, I was like, oh, wow, that, that makes sense. So yeah, past trauma or childhood definitely plays a role in my intimate situations here. And then also having MS, like knowing that you're not always, like you do isolate yourself. If you have a chronic illness, sometimes you yeah. isolate yourself or sometimes mm-hmm. you feel isolated and you're not always touching or speaking. You don't have people mm-hmm. affirming, you look beautiful today or just getting something for you when you know you can't physically do it you're tired you know what i mm-hmm. mean like that's mm-hmm. an that's an act of service acts of service is a way to speak to mm-hmm. someone in their love language and you we don't have that as as msers sometimes uh mm-hmm. so i can relate to what you're saying to kiana like about the physical touch because we can go months weeks sometimes yeah. even years yeah. without mm-hmm. touching mm-hmm. in a non-sexual way let alone a sexual way so it's really important that's like something um I kind of had to rediscover and just so for me I was introduced to sexual touch at an age I shouldn't have been Mm -hmm. um and so for that obviously that changes your script moving forward and then you know having that reinforced by just teenage boys in in Mm -hmm. school who are figuring themselves out too but um it's been really healing to discover these other forms of non-sexual touch, like getting massages mm-hmm. or um, even like, like, 
which mm-hmm. is yeah. somewhat Ooh, sensual. I love right? it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Right? <laughs> but it, it taught me so much about even boundaries. It's like, we're going to do this dance and it's going to be non-sexual. And I feel that you're getting too close to me. And so I can actually say, back up or signal that and to have your partner receive that and you get to keep dancing. Like, um, this is what I was talking to you guys about last time. I feel like when you have certain barriers to traditional forms of connection, it gives mm-hmm. you the opportunity to find something deeper and richer. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I, I love what you said, Sade, about partner dancing. Um, it's a little bit off topic, but still on. Uh-huh. I That was one of the ways I, that I learned how to um, trust male um, energy when it came to just moving in synchronicity. So um, uh-huh. that nonverbal, being able to read each other's body language, like, and I think this was like in my earlier mid-20s, I didn't know how to do that before. I was very guarded, you know, and I didn't know how to communicate, hey, this isn't really okay or it makes me uncomfortable. But through that partner dancing, I was just like, whoa, like this is something else. So I love that you pointed that out. Yeah. Do yes. you find that your love language has changed over time? I'm just curious. It's just like something that popped in my head. Hmm. I know for sure mine has. Um, I, for many years I would have said that physical touch was my primary love language Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think that as I have grown in my MS journey acts of service I think is my number one love language now Um, why is that because I feel like if you if we're in a situation and I'll talk specifically right now about sexual intimacy like if we're in a situation doing whatever we're doing I feel like you need like you acknowledging the fact and I hate the word limitations for whatever reason but if you are seeing that you know I'm struggling in some way or whatever the case may be and you take it upon yourself to do certain things for me, whether it be helping me with my leg or going to get me a bottle of water or whatever. Like those acts of service really kind of like those to me are, I liken them to like, those are my words of affirmation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like you, like that shows that you see me in this situation and we, you know, the rest can go on from there. Mm -hmm. but that has changed like I um yeah I I would have absolutely said physical touch was Mm -hmm. the thing but now I think it's acts of service that kind of trump that Mm -hmm. like yeah I don't know and I think it's because MS for sure yeah for me I understand that yeah yeah yeah. I think I agree with you I definitely agree with you Dana Mm. I think I have I don't know. Words of affirmation mean a lot too. Mm-hmm. And physical touch, that, that has slipped to number three. And I say mm-hmm. that because I was in a marriage and with someone for eight years who never looked at me. He would talk, we would have conversations and he would just look away. Like mm. never, never acknowledge, never see me. He would never say, oh, good job. When, I had our, when we had our son, he never said, you know what, you're, 
you're doing a lot. And I had an exacerbation after the, the birth of my child. And he never said, I see you trying, let me help you or anything like that. And so I realized, yeah, this is shifting for me. I don't necessarily want him to touch me right now. I just, right. I just need him to, to acknowledge that, that I'm okay, that this is okay. The, the progress that I'm making and how I'm communicating is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, acts of service and him like actually doing something and helping out that, that means a lot because you can't physically always get to cooking dinner or doing the laundry or anything because of the physical limitations that, that we have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in this conversation, and I think just in life in general, I'm a fan of, like, I love these lists and these tests to, like, let you know, like, where you stand. Um, but I'm kind of a fan of, like, hey, having a cluster of things that, like, mm. this is what fits me in my life right now. Right. On any, given day, yes. on any given day, this is what's top priority. And then, yes. like, learning to communicate that. So, yeah. like, maybe yesterday was more so physical touch, and then maybe today I really yes. just need to hear you say, I'm here with you. I see you, mm-hmm. you know, that yes. type of thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for the clusters, like maybe a top three. Yeah. I, ask me where I am on any given day. Yep. <laughs> but or maybe no, I'll tell you. It's so true. And like what you were saying in your, your course, Shade, because like communication is everything. We, yeah. we have to really narrow it all down to communication. Without communication, we can just throw all these love languages away. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And and I think even therapeutically, a common thing that happens, and I don't know if you guys have been through marriage or couples therapy, but um, it's this idea of they're just supposed to read my mind. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously they know Are that I like this and that. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about myself too. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that just gets you so stuck because then what it creates this polarity where one person's over here waiting for you to show up in my love language and the other person's over here waiting for you to do mine. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't work. You have to be able to voice and articulate your needs, which to be fair, a lot of us have grown up in environments where you weren't allowed to articulate your needs. That wasn't yes. a valuable information. Children are to be seen and not heard. Yeah. Or, you know, if you were to say, I don't like this or, I'm not appreciating this, you get punished. Mm-hmm. And we're raised through that. And then we go through our adulthood through that. And then we meet a partner and it just shows up all over again. I think also in intimate situations or relationships, you have to lead by example. If you want something, then you have to show that this is what you desire. If I like physical touch, I'm going to touch you. And I'm going to express that I like touching you. And that I would like for you to reciprocate. If I like acts of service, I'm going to, if I can't leave the house, I'm going to get you something from Amazon delivered and say, this was just something I thought of that would help you because I would like for you to do the same for me. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like leading by example. I think I have a little bit of a a twist on that. Okay. So it's, it's learning to speak your partner's language, but then affirming when they speak yours 
Mm. Because mm-hmm. if yeah. I'm with someone whose love language is, let's go far out there, gifts. I don't, I don't get gifts. I just, <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> but if it's you, you do you. But right. if I'm with a partner who speaks gifts and I'm um, words of affirmation and then I say to them, oh, you're so handsome. I really like, look at you, like you. They're not hearing me at all. I right, just right. Japanese to them. Um, and that happens a lot where I see, um, she'll say, I've been doing this, all these things to show you that I love you. He's not hearing that as love. Mm, um, right. So instead it would be, all right, let me get you the little gifty gift. And <laughs> um, <laughs> but when you affirm me and when you say, hey, babe, you look good today, I'm going to like overly just shower you with like, thank you and praise and affection to mm-hmm. show you, yes, I am receiving this rather than focusing on the deficit of what I'm not receiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. 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 I think you get right there. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you get more with saying what you like versus kind of what you don't like, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Well, definitely. And I think too, um, we have to learn and get comfortable with just like being direct. Like I want that I, I need this. And, it, and I'll say I need, especially just relating it back to, you know, having MS or chronic illness or a disability, you have, we can't assume, like our realities are changing daily, hourly sometimes, or bodies. And you have to get to a point where you're comfortable saying what your needs are. You know, a lot of times it's like, even beyond just simple wants. I want you to, you know, go and get me a cup of coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, sometimes it's, I need this. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I think that like the culture would like to tell us that like being direct is something that is, you know, you're being too bossy or you're being mm-hmm. too needy or whatever. Right. But I think that like that's, and that like sets really to the foundation, especially of any sexually intimate relationship consent. You've got to be direct yeah. because Ugh. that's first and foremost. Like, it's not a matter of like, my consent is just me smiling at you and like moving my body in a certain way. No, yes, okay. means yes, I want this. I don't want it. Yeah. So I think we have to become comfortable with that. And that's not easy for everybody. That's right. Yeah. Preach, yeah. Dana. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I don't think a lot of people know how to distinguish between wants and needs, though. Mm, yeah. Um, and so it gets all jumbled up or it even gets to the point where you, you, you can't answer that question at all. What do you need mm-hmm. versus what's something that would just be kind of extra ice cream right. for yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh, right. You know, and I think if, if everyone's able to know yourself so well that you can tell what is my need mm-hmm. to be connected to you, to be connected to myself versus what's a want. Right. I want right. to go on a fancy date night, but what I really need is just your undivided attention. Yeah. Mm. Yes. 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 That kind of thing. Instead of like the constant argument, well, you never take me out and we never go anywhere. You haven't said anything. That's, <laughs> you haven't right. communicated anything. I don't know. I have no information from that, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So true. And so real. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> this feels so good. I've uh, another 
conversation where we feel full and like we've had we've had intimate moments ladies this is intimate oh yeah. it Love is it. oh my gosh yeah it's, it's like the exploration of like acknowledging yourself and really working out what that acknowledgement means and looks like and sounds like but then also in a space in a safe space with other people yes maybe you're learning other things from them too like I think the last time we talked I picked up something from Don that I was just like I'm taking that I'm gonna use that <laughs> you oh know, I'm gonna, right yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna make that into something that's my own so like Sade was saying sometimes we don't know um really what it is that we're feeling I feel like you know, people listening to this podcast or even having these conversations in their own homes or over the phone or whatever, like mm -hmm. this is how you figure it out if you don't know. Like yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, through the, it's through the practice of asking yourself and then answering. And if it doesn't feel right, then you ask again and so mm -hmm. on and so forth to figure out what that really is, what that really looks like. So you're having those, um, you're communicating in a way that's, that feels good and that's yes. actually good for the relationship, regardless yes. of what kind of relationship it is. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And I think that it's important too for people to know that you can change. Things can change. Yes. Things yes. can change yes. from minute <laughs> to minute. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's just a reality. So you don't mm -hmm. have to stay feel like you have to stay stuck in a certain yes. thing. Well, I said this two minutes ago, but you know what? I changed my mind. You know, and, I, you know, I don't know that people are always comfortable, you know, expressing that. Like, you feel like, you know, you said this one thing, and so you have to stay committed to that, um, to that idea or theme or answer or whatever. And it's like, no, you can change. Change is, that's just a part of life, you know, yeah. just thinking it, uh, thinking about it on a broader level. And how oh, to be agree. for a partner to do yes. the same. Right? Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Right. You know, so it's a matter of like, we need to know that we can change. But yes, acknowledging that like my partner or partners or whoever, they are going to change too. And I have to be prepared and receptive to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Going back to the um, example that Sade used, if we're going to think about it like bachata, like a dance, this is literally uh -huh. what it is. It's the, mm -hmm. the constant uh, evolvement and the feeling out of how do I feel, what do I want. And if that changes, just reading each other and feeling like it's a safe space to move with one another, it's a really beautiful thing. And I think sometimes what people get hung up on is they feel like maybe if they if someone changes their mind, I feel they take it really personally. Well, they're changing yes. their mind about me, about how they feel, mm. how they think that I look. And it's not a personal attack. You know, it doesn't have yes. anything to do with you. It's all about their own personal evolution. And then also what Dana was saying about, um, you know, not feeling like you're going to be judged. That was me for a long time. I, uh -huh. most of my twenties, I did not speak up because growing up er in my earlier years, I was told that I was too harsh or too, you know, mm, too mannish mm -hmm. or whatever. Like I needed to be softer. I needed to be nicer when mm, I really knew, mm -hmm. I knew how I felt about things. So I learned to distrust that about myself. But now in my thirties, I'm just like, no, that doesn't work. You know, yeah. or mm -hmm. let's explore this. Let's explore this together. I don't really know what I'm feeling. I don't really know what I want or what I like, but will right. you explore this with me. Like I'm, yes. I'm, I trust you enough to explore this with me openly. And then, you know, one day I'll be like, okay, yeah, this, I love that. I love, love, love that. Please do that again. I love it yes. when you do that. 
Yeah. Exploration is another key to intimacy, in my opinion. That's fantastic. I love it. And it's fun. It's fun as hell. It is. <laughs> it is. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I guess, like we said, in summary, it's all about, I don't know, communication. Yeah. Like, like Dana said, it, we're always changing. Yes. And that's and okay. Go. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think you hit the nail on the head, Kiana, when you said, um, it's not always personal. You know what I'm saying? Like me changing my mind about something might not have anything to do with you. You know, right. it's about my, where I'm at, like in my journey, in my body and whatever, my reality. Um, yeah, for sure. Especially for us that are differently abled. So like, let's say maybe six months ago, if we're talking about something sexual, I uh -huh. liked my legs behind my head. Maybe uh -huh. right now I can't do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to do something else. Right. <laughs> that, that was amazing. But right now, no. Not working. <laughs> right. It, right. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you all so much for joining us today. This was, like I said, an incredible conversation. Yes. I think we feel full again. Yes. So thank you. Um, yeah. And where can people find you, Sade? Where can people locate your course and yes. learn about you? Yes. If you are on Instagram, come over to My Intimacy Therapist. If you don't have Instagram, that's all cool. It's therapist.com And you'll find it right there. Actually, I think October I'm going to be doing a workshop with the course. You guys are welcome to come. Um, and we're going to have a, uh, a doula who's going to come and speak about how your body and your sexuality changes with giving birth and becoming a mama. So I'm really excited. That sounds interesting. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. And Kiana, how can people find you? Instagram as well is at uh, kiana.renee or you can hit me up on my website kianarenee.com um, I'll be offering some body study courses some minor body study courses as well okay thank you yes this is great wonderful thanks for tuning in to the myelin and melanin podcast you can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can always subscribe to us on YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.